your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, uh, it's really awful. <laughs> Welcome to Lutheran Stuff No Drama, the No Drama Podcast. My name is Pastor Bront Hoffman of uh, Christ Lutheran Church and School in Coos Bay, Oregon, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everybody. I hope everybody, everything's going okay. How'd your day go today? You know, today I'm relaxing, but I've been uh, killing it the entire week, working really, really long, hard hours. So we're packing for vacation, and and we're going to do that. I bet you do have to kill it before you go on vacation, because when you're on vacation, that's like zero-sum gain, right? Uh, no, I've, I've Googled some gyms and stuff in the area already, man. My gym bag's packed, just in case. You never know. Well, that's true, but also, I mean, like, since you work for, you work for Zach Lesher. That's right, Zach Lesher <laughs> Incorporated. Mm. A to Z Custom Carpentry and Contracting, LLC. And your boss doesn't pay you squat when you leave. Uh, I can't stand my boss. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm sorry we had kind of a had kind of a, a lapse for the listeners because I got some notes going. Hey man, it's Sunday. What's going on? Well, last Sunday things just got really weird, and it's the last week of school for my school here. So we had three three different. Uh, concerts or graduations and stuff to put on and it was just crazy so we had a we had a little pause in our podcast but podcast but now it's back well and for anyone who doesn't know i am an elder in my church and i was on duty last sunday after divine service also for a function uh so they needed me for that too so what we're gonna do last time we left off um we we went through romans chapter nine and a great chapter and today we actually have kind of a short chapter and um we also have some pretty excellent questions from the no drama facebook group and so well why don't we just as they say kick this pig Let's do it. All right. Chapter 10, verse 1 begins. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, uh, I'll get into this in a, a quick, kind of a quick blurb on this. We see St. Paul laying it out, don't we? He's talking to... Yes. Him. He wants... Him. I would say, too, you have to go back to chapter 9 if you missed our podcast on that. And Paul is following. This is where you don't want to just take off in Scripture. Always go back and check the context because... 
we are talking about the covenant change and those of Israel, the Pharisees. Uh, oh. That's where Paul's left off in chapter 9 and picking up here in chapter 10. And this, I think a lot of a lot of people on Facebook could really learn a lot from St. Paul in chapter 10 because, brothers, he starts, My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. In other words, I'm doing this because I love them and I really... I'm speaking as though I want to spend eternity with them. So that is how I believe the proper um, way is to to address anybody. Not, you know, even people you don't like. Well, I'll argue especially people you don't like. Well, and that's just the thing. That's why we do this. That's why we, we do the podcast. That's why we do everything. That's why we answer questions, and that's why we keep learning, is so that in the end, it just basically comes down to people being saved by by preaching and teaching and, um, you know, people being comfortable when it's time to pass from this life on to uh, the next as you, as you await for the resurrection. Right. And so... If that is the if that is the heart of anybody who is, is in mission work or whatever your vocation is, if this is what you're interested in, I think chapter 10 gives you a good baseline for how to look at it. And I love when Paul says here, you know, he bears witness that they have a zeal for God. So the zeal is an enthusiasm. Uh, they have an excitement for God. But he's pointing out they have the wrong God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and again, so again, he's not he's not beating them up. He's saying, you know what? You guys are raring to go. Let's, let's straighten your story out, though. <laughs> yeah, this is more of the broken-hearted Paul. You know, because he says in chapter 10 that he himself wished himself to be accursed, severed from Christ, uh, for the sake of his countrymen. So, this is broken-hearted Paul speaking here. Absolutely. Well, that gets us into the next, um, that gets us into the next 10 verses, so we'll just, we'll just kick it off there. Um, St. Paul continues, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend to heaven, that is, to bring Christ down? Or, Who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For, the, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, Sweet. Okay. 
um, once again, when we talk about righteousness, and if you're looking to the law for righteous for your righteousness, then you're sort of looking away from Jesus and looking at Moses. That's right. When when Jesus talks about Moses, or when the apostles talk about Moses, they're talking about the law. They're not talking about just Moses. They're talking about what Moses brought. Mm -hmm. Moses brought the law. So John writes, uh, you know, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, the worst thing we can possibly do is take the law and the gospel and pit them one against each other and say, well, let's throw out the law because now we have the gospel. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we still need both law and gospel. They still serve the same function. But the, what the scriptures are doing here is, is, is uh, Paul saying, you know, the law serves a function, but that's not to save you. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's to drive you to Christ. And that's, that's what saves you is Jesus. And I think that's a really good point because I think as um, Christians, sinful Christians, um, we have a hard time with, with anything that seems to be a paradox or any kind of dichotomy, unless it's a false one. We love those. But um, it's to say that, you know, so now we hate Moses? No. <laughs> it's to say that because Moses if we remember correctly, was a servant called into his vocation by God for the good of the people of Israel. And he brought them the law, which is important because it's from God. And so Jesus Christ, upon bringing the gospel and fulfilling all this law, all this thing, so we don't throw Moses out because why would Jesus care to fulfill the law of somebody that we throw away? Yeah, and jumping back to chapter 6, Old Adam, I'll quote you on that one, Old Adam tries to take the wheel, mm -hmm. uh, and Paul rebukes them by saying, what shall we say then? Shall we sin more that grace may abound? He's like, no, may it never be. You're dead to sin. So, you know, and this happened in your baptism. That's all in the context of baptism. You're dead to sin and alive to God. So, you know, Adam will always look for the opportunity to take advantage. Oh, let's get rid of the law. The law is still there as a curb, a mirror, and a guide. But your salvation comes through Christ. That's what he's drawn out here. It seems, and although, I don't know, maybe, I'll, maybe I'm looking back with two rosy of, sun, rosy of glasses, but the truth is, is, it's not supposed to be that complicated, but the old Adam, I mean, the way you describe it, very straightforward, but the old Adam just loves to throw a mon monkey wrench right in the gears and really get people worried about, you know, are you lying enough? Are you gospeling enough? And um, for Lutherans, we never ask that question. We say, are you properly distinguishing law and gospel when you law and gospel? <laughs> Yeah, it, well, and that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, there's a lot of denominations out there that will gospel. Yeah. You can't mash the two. If you do this, this, and this, then Jesus will save you. That's not how this works, you know. Jesus saves you apart from the law. Paul just says that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, but the law serves the function to crucify and mortify the flesh. It leaves you no hope but in Jesus. 
because Adam will always put his hope in something else, and the devil will tempt you right to whatever else it is. And the law is there to drive you back to Jesus, to say, hey, you're without hope, without, without uh, Jesus here. You know, you're damned. And then that's when terror strikes the conscious. And uh, that's the first part of repentance, is terror striking the conscience and making you contrite. And the second part is faith, which clings to the gospel, that for Christ's sake, you're forgiven. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that as it should be a hallmark of Lutheran stuff, no drama, is to drive that point home. If we can, if we can live out our life and say, you know what, we joked a little bit, you know, we had answered some questions. But in the end, the Lutheran stuff, no drama podcast was all about the gospel and the goodness of all scripture and according even to its purpose. And so if that's what people are thinking about us, great. I don't care for the smartest. I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with being Bush League. Um, uh, we may not be the funniest, nothing, but they. it would be my hope that what they heard was, yep, Zach and Bront, they talked about the gospel. They divided law and gospel rightly. You know, I'm happy you said that because I've heard the term Lutheran famous and, and other things, and I'm not interested in that. You're not interested in that. We're only interested in bringing Jesus to the table. That's it. To teach you law, gospel, Jesus. Just, I mean, someone took the time to sit here and teach us. You know, it's not like, it, it reminds me always of the eunuch, you know, uh, with Philip in the book of Acts. And and he says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone helps me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, someone took the time to teach us. And that's that's what we're doing here is we're taking the time to teach you because we too have a zeal for God. Yeah, man, that's a really important thing. And, you know, the guy that taught me, nobody's ever heard of him. And and then the professor, I mean, I'm talking about my pastor it was Charles Keogh and Jerry Scanson. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're faithful pastors that the coolest people you never heard of. And then at seminary, my professors, they did a really good job of pointing me always to Jesus. And, you know, I'm really thankful for that. And yeah, Lutheran famous is for people who I guess they didn't get, you know, maybe not enough hugs or something, but it's, it's to say that who we are in this podcast is just to be helpful, God willing. Yeah, that's right, and that's what I say, too. If I taught my kids, if my kids are strong in faith and, um, you know, I've provided their needs and I've taught them some cool life skills along the way, then I can die a happy man. There's nothing else that I need. Absolutely. uh, Than that, so. So Paul really kind of kicks it into high gear in this last section here. And from 14 uh, on, he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, 
and their words to the end of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Now, I don't know what you've heard, but pastors have a special, uh, have a special reverence for something that St. Paul says here about the call that we've been given and uh when we are sent and 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 we also it means we're supposed to take preaching very seriously too that people actually come to faith by the word of god this faithfully preached word of god saint paul's not saying be clever have the funniest jokes the best stories but literally the preached word of god changes the faith or the hearts, as he says earlier, of those um, who who are who are in unbelief or like the Pharisees on the wrong track. That's right. Jesus says, "My words are spirit, and they are life." The flesh is of no profit. Uh, over and over again, the scriptures talk that the, the the author of Hebrews says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword able to pierce bone and marrow and divide soul and spirit. Um, so the Word of God is living and active. You know, the, it's the spirit at work in these words that creates faith. And like you said, the key word here is Paul says, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? Well, it's definitely... Um... We see the ministry alive and active, and we always pray for it to continue in such a way, and it's pretty incredible. Um, we taught You talked about the eunuch even, and um, there's somebody there who brings this gospel, and it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, as we, as we sort of get through here, uh, I didn't know because you had some, we're at almost, we're a little over 18 minutes right now. Um, I didn't know if you had a couple of questions from the Facebook group that. Well, that... I wanted to say one more thing on the chapter here is uh, a couple things real quick. Um, don't let anybody set up a, a, a false dichotomy where they say, see, faith only comes by hearing. And they show you Romans 10 here. Because, you know, if they go to 1 Peter 3.21, it says baptism now saves you. God works through several different means to save a person, and those means work synergistically, meaning together. Um, but God is monergistic in his salvation, meaning he alone saves. So it's a false dichotomy to say, see, only the word saves, or see, only baptism saves. No, you know, all of them work together, and all of them save. The sacrament of the altar, baptism, uh, the preached word, you need all of them. Well, and I think that even goes back to saying, you know, with the law and the gospel. Well, so do we Do we hate the gospel now or the law? No, no. Um, you have, uh, 
you have the same the same issues. It's to say that, you know, when God gives you something, it doesn't mean that you trash all the other good things that he gave you because he gave you this. Um, yeah, I think of the laws maybe like a fence. Um, and it's, it's to keep you out of, let's say there's 10 vicious dogs on the other side of that fence. You know, that, that law is to keep you from getting torn up by them dogs because that's what sin does. It just tears up your faith, you know, but it's not, it's not the gospel. You know, the fence is not the grace. The grace <laughs> is on the other side of the fence, you know, where you're safe from the dogs, safe from the sin that's going to tear you up. You uh -huh. know? So it's a warning, too. And that's that's the curb part of the law. Absolutely. Let God's word do what it's supposed to do. I think this, I think the I think Luther's really take home point is that God's word has its own its own uses and its own vocations even. And I think I think that was the trouble with the radical reformers was they were always just trying to just kind of jam it in a box and then, you know, dish it out as they saw fit when that that's not even faithful. Faithful is preaching the text and God's word contains both law and gospel in it. We, we confess that even in our catechism. Well, Dow's catechism does a really good job of that. But um, it's just really... Um, let God's word be God's word. Be magnanimous with God. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, uh, too, is um, if you're if you're in a um, situation, you know, I like the audio Bible because God's word can can work on me. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, as opposed to me trying to fix things. Like Jesus said, the, the flesh profits nothing. So what good is it if I try and do something as opposed to just audio Bible and let the Word do the work on me? Both law and gospel, it doesn't really matter. I might pick a law-heavy chapter or, or book, you know, or gospel-heavy. Like I, I like Philippians for gospel-heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what we were bringing up next was... Uh, a Calvinist will rip this out of context and say, see, some were saved, some were damned. When we're going on to uh, verse 20, and Isaiah says, uh, then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. And again, if we go in the context, this is talking about the Gentiles. Because now we're, we're, we're going beyond Israel, okay? Now we're, we're going into all the world. Like Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, there, therefore go into all nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So this is, is not talking about predestination or anything like that. This is straight up talking about going into all the world, that God is you know, saving everybody here. Well, it's true, and, and uh, it also clears it up, you know, um, you know, the, when they would see Gentiles and even the Samaritan woman, you can see that they were still being instructed when they were telling Jesus, 
Hey, don't look now, but there's a Samaritan woman and she's really putting up a fuss. Tell her to go. Tell her to leave. And um, uh, to say that, going to the Gentiles and and kind of they all they all even had a little characteristic of just like the Gentiles and Samaritans. And um, so you see that we find out that the gospel is something very, uh, very inclusive as far as who it's for but very exclusive as to who the operator the user of the verbs is <laughs> so it's pretty incredible yes and if you believe this gospel it's not a solo venture you're part of the church so you venture with the church. You don't get to say, "Hey, it's me and my Bible and my Jesus." That's not how it works. It didn't work for uh, the for the Ethiopian who's sitting there with his Bible, going, "That's I, right." I don't know. <laughs> Help me out here. I don't. I don't know how to read this. You tell me what it means. And verily, I mean, he, he, he had a floppy. <laughs> he can read the text, but he didn't know what it meant. Or when we see Apollos taking a stab, you know, against the Jews. And then Priscilla and Aquila took them aside and had to explain the ways of God more accurately. But notice how they did it. They didn't publicly make a spectacle of Apollos being an idiot. They took him aside and explained the ways of God more accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just no, there's just no competition happening here. It's, it is all, as St. Paul says, my desire is that they all be saved, you know, and and so, and by and, all do you mean all? Yeah, so allish. <laughs> all, like all of them, you mean? Right. So uh, I especially yeah. love that section in uh, of chapter ten because it does sort of take you to uh, does take you to really where Paul wants you to go as far as who we are and what what his business was as an apostle and it wasn't to just replace the Pharisees but it was to bring them on board exactly and and one more thing worth noting is there's a lot of if you confess with your mouth if you believe in your heart which sounds like you know you 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 are many in theology but that don't don't read it like that. That's not that doesn't negate Paul saying everything that God has done. So he's saying, look, now that you have this faith that God has given you, right. you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. He's not saying this is something you do. So don't let people strip you of the context. Oh yeah. So yeah, you want to go to the um, the uh, questions in the Facebook group? Yeah. Well, we got about three minutes and thirty seconds. All so. right, then we'll go quick. <laughs> Pick easy <Okay>. ones. <laughs> Why did the church fathers name check Pilate in the Apostles and the Nicene creeds? Well, the thoughts that I have on that, because you and I did talk about this a little bit. Um, when we look at the creeds, um, you have to you have to take them for what they are. They're a confession of faith and of truth. And, of course, over, over and above all, they're a confession of who we're talking about when we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so in the second article of the Creed, in both cases, 
Pontius Pilate is mentioned as the the governor under who Christ suffered and was was crucified and so what that does is it bears witness uh, the creed bears the apostolic witness which is also the prophetic and apostolic witness of the entire creed so there's really i mean and until we interview them in the resurrection i mean that's really what's going on there yeah it, you know it basically it's it's just there's historians all throughout history recording stuff. That's basically what they're doing. You know, it's just a record of history. So when someone says, well, what proof do you have outside of the Bible? You, know, <laughs> you only have a book. You know, no, I have 66 books compiled over thousands of years uh, in one book. But there's 66 separate books here. You know what the odds of this thing, stuff happening are? It's slim to none, Jack. So, you know, the the whole thing is just a recording of what took place, what really transpired, and what we believe really transpired according to the scriptures. Well, also, it's intellectual dishonesty, because if anybody were to discover some some book that has this long story about, like, Tutankhamun, um, of his favorite game being something or him and his mother having an argument, guess what? That would all of a sudden be logged in the annals of history about Tutankhamun. Now, if you look at the scriptures in history, I dare you to find anything else produced that has been under more scrutiny uh, than the holy scriptures, and yet they still come out smelling like a rose. Oh, I love that statement, and that because because it's so true. They have been put to the test of fire and and water and and sun and earth. You know, those are odd examples, but you know, <laughs> they've always come out on top. They can't be crushed. You know, you they can't be torn, burned, nothing. Uh, they've always come out on top, proving their historical accuracy. And this is why Paul says, "You're a fool." to not believe in God. You know, he says, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he writes, he said, let us eat, drink, and be married. We're to be, we're to be pitied among all people. We're fools. Absolutely. But he said, but Jesus did, did rise from the dead. Yep, there's, um, even Paul's, even Paul's, yeah, and that's Romans 6, and, and he's, uh, no, not Romans 6, um, Corinthians. Corinthians. For if yeah, there was no resurrection from the dead, we should be pitied above all people. And um, because we're believing a lie. Um, yeah, so, so I, I mean, even Paul's laying it on the table. We're, we're stupid if this didn't happen. Absolutely. He goes, but it did happen. Uh -huh. So stop acting like it didn't. The Corinthians, <laughs> they sound like a handful of people, don't they? How would you like to be their pastor, Pastor Hoffman? Um. <laughs> Well, I'm thankful that my congregation here in Coos Bay is not... I mean, my congregation has as many sinners in it as Paul's did, but some of the issues that I deal with aren't aren't like, hey, should we baptize for the dead? <laughs> uh, no, we're good. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. So every congregation has their own issues, but I think we can all agree St. Paul got a double helping. <laughs> 
Well, you know, he mentions that in scripture too. He says, I worked harder than all of them. Listen to <laughs> my, my list that I went through. So let's move on to the next question for time's sake. We'll go real quick here. When you meet a person in a coffee shop or at a gas station or elsewhere out in the world, how do you start a conversation that can lead to a discussion of the gospel? Now, you guys are going to like this because Zach and I talked about this a little bit. And he and I have, um, I would say, very different experiences. Even though we have the same faith and the same witness, we're going to tell you about two very different experiences. And you, this might be helpful because one of these might sound like you. So, Zach, I loved hearing yours. Would you mind telling them? Sure. First of all, there's no set order. Peter says always be prepared to, to give an account for your faith um, in, in first Peter. But, um, what I do is I approach a person and, you know, at first it's just small talk. Hey, hello, the weather, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just to ask them the question. I say, Hey, can I ask you a personal question? And I have nobody ever say no. They always say, sure. And I say, where are you going to go when you die and why? And then right there, it just splits it wide open for the gospel first usually the law though because a lot of people answer with I'm a good person and I say well what do you judge good on and then we run through the Ten Commandments and I say but you know this is the law it's to show you your sin and then and then I can lead into the gospel for there so you know that's my technique I ask the one question and it leaves it wide open where are you gonna go when you die and then why and it's usually I'm a good person self-justifying Kind of like we just read in Romans 10 there, right? They they try to justify themselves. So sure. you got to correct them on that. But uh, Pastor Hoffman has a totally different technique. So why don't you uh, tell us what you do there, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you the, the, the kind of the pastor version and then the Joe Guy version, layman version. But um, first of all, with what Zach says, you know what? I'll tell you, podcast listeners, he's as you already can hear, He's very well versed in the scriptures, which gives him a very confident stance when he talks to a, a variety of people. And so that if if you're if you're really up on your stuff, be then go for it. <laughs> but um, if you're not, Zach has taken uh, a road where you never know. It's got a lot have a lot of variables. He's he's ready to handle it. So and I think that's really cool now. For me, depends on what I'm doing. Um, when I wear my clerical collar around uh, town, whatever, hospital visits, picking up something at the grocery store after work, whatever, um, there comes times when people will see that and they will, and, and this is unfortunate, but fortunate, and I'll tell you why. Um, the they'll see the caller and they'll they'll have a negative experience in their lifetime with the clergy doesn't mean that it's even the same denomination it just bing brings back pastor steve or whatever and they decide they're gonna say something to me now so there's this goes two ways one way it's hey uh can i ask you a question and i'm like yeah sure or the other one is They'll just come out and say something really rude to me. But um, for them, uh, for the people that ask me a question, it's usually because they're hurting. They might be angry, 
but the truth of the matter is, is they're really wanting to say something to me and they're looking for help. And there I am. I will. I remember in the grocery store um, uh, being asked in Anchorage by this person who was really nervous and I could tell he was going to talk to me. And I, and I said, and it was like, uh, how come, how come, uh, bad things happen to little kids, you know? And finally, after a while of conversation, I figured out that he had a young daughter who died and, and the, the question turned from there to baptism. And he told me of the day she was baptized and, you know, and I said, you know, we all know that the wages of sin is death, and we all know that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I'm not going to give you some candy crunchy thing to make you feel better. I'm going to tell you the truth. You lost your daughter. That's horrible, and I'm sorry to hear it, and it's terrible, and I even use the word sucks. And then I said, but God made her a promise, and on the resurrection day, he will keep that promise. And right there, he was just like, oh, okay. And uh, so I wasn't going to just candy corn him. Well, God needed another angel in heaven, blah, blah, blah. No, God made her a promise and it, people die in a fallen world, but he keeps his promise. And so that's how that went. But um, and you, you gave him the 200 proof gospel and I love it because you know what? We don't put, that's why we, we, we do so much of this studying is because we don't put any hope in, in this life. And, you know, bad things are going to happen. Expect it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Don't expect it to stop here. That's why we confess every week, I look for the resurrection of the dead and of the life of the world to come. Yep. So I love that, that, that you gave him the 200 proof gospel and said, hey, your daughter's in heaven, man. You know, it's, it's what he needs to hear, too, at the moment. Right. She is with Jesus. She's way better off than you and I are right now. Right, and she's awaiting the resurrection. And um, so, and the next one, when people just say jerky things to me, I go, well, do you, you know, I'll, I'll say something like, well, do you have anything else besides that shortcut to thinking? And they'll go, what? <laughs> or something, and I'm like, you know, I, and, um, and they'll start that conversation. The other way with me when I'm just hanging out somewhere, and um, I'm not wearing my clerical collar. I'm just sitting there and I'm visiting with somebody. I, I'm an extrovert and I tend to enjoy people's... I, I'm, I'm energized by interaction. And so I find myself visiting with people and I'm interested in their life and stuff. And they ask me what I'm doing. And I go, well, I'm a, I'm a Lutheran pastor and the administrator of a school. And it's pretty exciting, you know. And, and they'll go, oh, that's cool. Let's, you know... And so it just kind of comes around like that. And um, on our next podcast, you'll have to remind me to tell you the story about the person who I helped him when their car was broken down. It was kind of cool because I got to share the gospel uh, with her. She'd been away from church for a while, so that was good. But um, anyway, um, however it comes about, and Zach already said this, First Peter 3.16 uh, to be prepared to give an account of the hope that is in you is just to say you don't have to know everything in the Bible, but you got to be pretty clear on that it's the work of Jesus Christ in word and sacrament. That's the good stuff. And that is the hope that is in you. Not be prepared to argue somebody till you're blue in the face. But... No, yeah, exactly. And here's the thing is I don't recommend that you do that unless you are 
well versed and and you have studied in depth because you know there was points in time where I came across Jehovah Witnesses. I was evangelizing and boom, you hit a Jehovah Witness. Now you need to know what they believe, you know, yeah, and, and all of that. So you what Peter is saying to you is what Pastor Hoffman just said is. You know, a John three sixteen moment. If someone's laughing or scorning at you because of your faith, all you got to say is, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I believe. That's what Peter's saying. He's not saying you have to go and evangelize to every person everywhere. God will raise up the right people. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians that he made some prophets, teachers, preachers, evangelists, etc. So... You know, your job is just to give an account of what you believe when called upon for such account. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much uh, the huge blessing because as we just heard, the word of God is what changes people. And knowing the gospel is the word of God and it's a sweet word of God. All right, you know what? I, I just because I'm, just cause I'm uh, gluttonous with the gospel, we went over our time. But I will say, I got it. This is the fastest podcast in the nation. Everything, this this Romans just makes it so easy to share good news with people. Um, we're going to be getting back on the horse here. We're, again, sorry about being so late uh, with this podcast, but we're trying our best. Um, you got anything to take us out with, Zach? Yeah, we're almost at a thousand members, I, I noticed. So. Keep the questions coming. You know, I don't think people quite understand us when we say no drama. Check out the, uh, I think you have that pin, don't you, Pastor Hoffman? Oh, the, the what no drama is? Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to run into a form of drama and discussion. It just means, you know, we're not interested in discussing Semper Virgo. Well, and it, we're uh, also not necessarily interested in just having some circular argument over and over and over. Um, or anything. how many times I, I bowed four times at the altar and you only bowed three. You oh, know, we're yeah. not interested in your virtue signaling. You know, that's that that sort of stuff. Yeah, virtue uh, signaling is a type of drama we just don't care for. But if you I mean, if you think that your question, oh, you know, my my mother, you know, believes this, this and this and she's here now and I'm I'm panicking on what to say to her. That's not dramatic, you know. That's no. that's regular uh conversation that we need to talk about so we can help equip you with the things to say yeah drama is not um awkwardness or things like that drama is just pure i think i think the best way to is just being inflammatory for the sake of being inflammatory because you know i just got into and i won't say it on the i won't say it on the uh podcast but it was somebody who just decided to to uh to just pigeonhole people and me saying that there could be other options means you know no way i got them pegged and i finally just went you know i i think i gotta shake the dust off because this is turning into drama so anyway well it was good this good podcasting with you man i hope you have an awesome vacation until next time this is pastor hoffman for zach lesher saying god bless your week bye-bye